Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. You're listening to episode 57 of the High on Life podcast, When It's Hard. Today, I wanted to talk to you about when life is hard, and I'm coming in raw at the moment, so you're getting just like the real deal today. I wanted to record it while I'm feeling all the feels, while it's difficult, just to make it really authentic. And I think that we often see other people's lives and we see their pretty Instagram photos and we see the smiles and we, you know, just imagine their life is so much easier. And then when we're struggling, we feel alone, right? So hopefully this makes you feel a little bit less alone. And it's not going to be directly related to weight loss today, but here's the thing. It's all related, right? Weight loss often gets hard when life gets hard. When life is perfect and there's no stress, weight loss loss is easy, right? You're meal planning, exercising, it's all on on point. But then when life throws us a stressor, that's when we stop doing the things to take care of ourselves and managing weight becomes more challenging. So managing weight is always in the context of managing life. And that's why I feel like it's all relevant, whether I'm specifically giving you weight loss advice today, or I'm sharing about how to cope when life gets hard and my process for how I've been walking through this for myself. It's all the same. Okay. So here's, I'm going to give you a little bit of context for why it's been hard. For me, it's been extremely stressful. Probably the last four months, I will just tell you that entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart. (laughs) It is um, not the easy road. I will tell you that. I don't think I ever, I never really thought about it, to be totally honest. Like, I didn't even identify as an entrepreneur until about a couple years ago. Like, for me, it was just, I was working at the hospital. I knew that I wasn't satisfied. I knew there was a better way to help people and that I really wanted to make an impact. And so I just got started, right? Like, I just set up shop, borrowed other people's space, had like a couple part time employees who worked with me. And started seeing patients, started telling more people about it. And then it just grew and it grew and it grew. And now all of a sudden I'm at this point where I've got like a small company and I've got employees and I've got benefits and I've got really, really high expenses to pay because having the best team is expensive. Like my payroll has gotten ridiculous. And some days it just feels freaking hard. I will just tell you that. I have had a week where I have just wanted to cry and throw in the towel. My husband's been like carrying me through. I'm working way more hours than I used to. Like, you know, people, there's a saying like, I don't want to leave my nine to five to work like nine to 10. That is exactly what I did. Like I left a nine to five, very easy, steady income at the hospital to work nine till 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week, (laughs) essentially. And sometimes my brain goes back to like, wouldn't it be so much easier if you were just working back at the hospital? Like there's, there was basically no stress. Like I left at the end of the day and I wasn't having to think about my patients. Like they were taken care of by the on-call doctor. I made a good income. It was easy in that sense. And so my brain wants to tell me that that was so much easier, 
But here's the thing. I was so dissatisfied doing that. It was not making my soul thrive. It was not getting me excited about the impact I was having in the world. And I just knew that there was more I wanted to do. And so I come back to like, it's all a trade-off, right? In my head, I'm like, now I'm working way more hours. I have constant stress about this work because it's my baby, right? Like if I don't care for this company, no one else is, no one else is carrying the brunt of this. And it's on me to share the value. It's on me to learn what I need to learn as a CEO now to have the leadership that I need to have, to have the marketing skills that I need to have, to be able to communicate the value that I need to communicate in order to generate the clients that we need to now, you know, take care of this company and be able to have the impact, but also pay my staff. Right. So it's just, it's, it's like, there's this and it's hard, or there was the hard of being constantly dissatisfied in what I was doing every day. Right. Like it's, it's always, it's always hard. So here's my process for how I've gotten through it. The very first tip that I'll offer is choose the hard that will give you the outcome that you want. It is all hard, but you get to choose. And this sounds so cliche, I know, but you get to choose the hard that you want, right? It is hard to work for someone else and be on their terms, right? When I was at the hospital, yeah, I left at five o'clock, but I, I didn't think about work when I got home, right? And I knew I had a steady income coming in. That was much more than I'm making now, but I didn't have the flexibility to drop my kids off. I couldn't, you know, in the middle of the day, go to my kids' Christmas concert. I didn't have a life where I could travel to New Zealand and be with my parents for five weeks with my children and work from there. So it, either way, it was gonna, it, it's going to be hard. Like there's, there's going to be hard on either side, but you get to choose which hard you want. It's really hard to be mindful and to practice urge surfing through a craving. But it's also really hard to give in to all your cravings and then struggle with your weight and low self-esteem. It's really hard to wake up at the morning, in the morning at 5:30 when you're exhausted to go and work out. It's also very hard to have poor mobility and poor strength from lack of fitness. I know this sounds like, whew, like it's a little heavy. <laughs> Maybe because I'm feeling a bit heavy, but this is the reality, right? So much of life is about like, let's own up to reality and make the decisions that are going to cause us to thrive because we can't escape hard. So we may as well choose the hard. Sorry if you can see hear screaming of my kids. We may as well choose the hard that gives us the outcome that we want. But most people, they don't want hard. Most people want to spend their lives avoiding hard. They want instant gratification. They want entertainment at their fingertips. They want the quick fix. Just give me a pill, right? And I don't blame them. This is sort of what our society is built upon, right? Everything is the quick fix. You can have Uber Eats delivered to your house without getting off of your couch while you're watching your instant, like whatever streaming platform, Netflix you want, the shows you want with no commercials. You can get it all delivered to you, right? Entertainment and stuff is what our society is built on. It's like, can you buy more things to derive satisfaction from it? And can you be entertained more with sports and with Netflix and with social media? It's all a big distraction. So many people don't want to choose hard. They want to avoid hard. But I'm going to tell you that all of that instant gratification comes with a hard, but the hard is just delayed, right? So when you seek instant gratification, when you seek the instant pleasure, yeah, you get entertained. Yeah, you get some false pleasure. I talked about that on a previous episode, but it's short-lived. 
right? Because it comes with a net negative consequence. And so we just procrastinate on facing the hard. And then we get to our later years and we're suffering because we didn't realize that it was going to be hard either way. And so we chose what we thought was easier, but I don't want that for all of you. So I want to invite you to consider where do you need to choose the hard that will give you the outcome that you want? Second thing I've been focusing on is to get through this season where it's felt very heavy. I've been focusing on what are my non-negotiables. I've identified in my life, I have three non-negotiables. My first one is that my strength comes from my relationship with God. I've mentioned before, I am a Christian. I'm a very like faith-based person. And so my non-negotiable is every day I need to have my Bible time. Every day I need to have my time with God, praying and journaling. And when I don't get that, I know I don't function well. When I am not doing that, because that's my form of like renewing my brain, is getting into my Bible and figuring out what is God saying about me? What am I standing on? Like, what's my firm foundation? For you, if you're not a spiritual person, this is where you're, you maybe you're relying on the thought work, right? But either way, we have to renew our minds daily. We have to notice the thoughts. The Bible says we take captive every thought. And it's so similar to thought work, right? It's we need to observe the thoughts that are not serving us and be master over them. Because otherwise we are just kind of like at the whim, at the mercy of whatever crappy thought is in there and wanting to be like rehashed by our brain. So for me, it's Bible and journal, like my time to renew my brain. That's non-negotiable number one. Non-negotiable number two is exercise. I have said this time and time again on my social platforms, but I do not exercise because of I want to manage my weight or because I want to be a marathon runner or because I'm training for a race. I exercise purely because it makes me mentally sound. It makes me a better mother. It makes me happier in my life. It makes me focused. It makes me feel strong. It gives me confidence. So exercise when I am feeling at my lowest is a non-negotiable. Even when I don't feel like it, it's just a non-negotiable. I know exactly when I'm exercising. I have three workouts scheduled in my week and then I get two runs. And that is just what I commit to. And it doesn't matter if I feel like it or not, because here's the key with non-negotiables is you don't entertain the discussion in your brain. You don't entertain the option of not doing your non-negotiables. That's why they're called non-negotiables, right? We lose the game when we start to debate with ourselves. When we start to get into, oh, maybe not today, like I'm too tired today, we lose every time. Do not entertain that. This is where discipline comes in. And I hear this like when I listen to really successful entrepreneurs that I'm trying to learn from, and they talk about this. It's like, you don't go into debate mode with your own brain. You just decide and you act. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like it. It doesn't matter if you're tired. There have been days where I like haven't slept all night because I'm tossing and turning because I'm stressed and I still get up at 5.40 to get my workout in. That is just what I have to do for myself. My third non-negotiable is the sleep factor. So as much as I said, like I haven't been sleeping super well, but prioritizing getting to bed by 10 p.m., is so important for me because here's the thing is when we kind of get into like revenge bedtime procrastination. So we're staying up really late at night because this is my me time. And now I'm watching Netflix and then I'm get like, I'm binging on a show because I want to buffer because I don't want to feel the, the hard that I'm going through, whatever that is for you. 
it's just like this cycle of perpetuating the difficulty because now we're sleep deprived the next day. Now we're making poor choices because our impulse control is low. So there's all these consequences that come when we're not prioritizing sleep. So for myself, I've just decided sleep needs to be a a priority, especially when I'm having a hard time. And that is the last time that you actually want to sleep. Like usually for many people, when you're having a hard time, that's when you're staying up late binging on Netflix, right? Staying up late on your phone, scrolling through social media, because your brain just wants the entertainment of distraction. Your brain wants to escape the hard by distraction. And that is where it needs to be a non-negotiable. It's another situation where you don't debate with yourself. It's like, this is what I do for me to care for me through this. Sleep, poor sleep is also going to be another vulnerability factor. So when we I teach something called the behavior chain analysis inside our emotional eating module. And it's this idea of like, we can see where we have vulnerabilities and then triggers that lead to poor behavioral choices. And sleep is one of those things that when you're not prioritizing it is a huge vulnerability factor. So if you're facing a hard time, if you want to set yourself up for success, really, really see where do you need to prioritize sleep? Okay. Number three, my tips for how to get through the hard is let go of trying to control the outcome and focus more on your steps. So this has been really kind of guiding me just in the past week. I'll just be honest, like where my brain has been going is like nothing's working. I'm I'm failing in this. I'm not running the business well enough. It's not where I want it to be. We're not having the impact we want. We're not getting clients we want. (laughs) I'm just being super open with all of you, okay? I feel like you can learn from this. It is not all like rainbows and daisies being an entrepreneur, let me tell you. And my brain it has so focused on like, I thought I was going to hit this target number. I thought I was going to reach this number of clients. I thought this month we were going to have this many enrollments in the program. So I'm, I've been really fixated on the outcome. And that has yielded so much stress because it's like, I actually can't control it. I cannot control whether women say yes to themselves by going through our program or not. I can't. Right? I can give you, I can show you the evidence of why this is going to change your life. And I can, you know, still show you the value and I can give you so much, you know, free value to try to show you, but I can't control whether women are going to say yes to us or not. But when I focus on that outcome, it feels so heavy. So instead what I've been doing is I've been focusing on my steps. What is one thing I can do right now? And I've, I've even, I did something called We have a worksheet in our program called write it down and move on. And that's when you like encounter a setback or a failure. It's a prompted worksheet where you basically analyze like, where did things go wrong and what could you do for next time? So I did that with myself and my business. Where did things go wrong and where can I improve for next time? Like, how can I move forward from here? And I've just been focusing on like, what is my one step? Like, what are my steps to reach more women? If that is truly my passion and my goal, what am I doing? What do I need to focus on? to reach the women that I want to reach? What are my results generating activities? That's a really uh, nice nugget to think about your RGA. This can apply to your business. If you're a business person, your work, it can apply to weight loss as well. Because sometimes we think we're busy and we get into busy work, right? So busy work for me, for example, would be, oh, let me just like play with the branding colors on my website. Let me just change the font and make this handout prettier. It makes me feel like I'm busy and it does zero for generating the result that I want, which is reaching more women, right? So how often does this happen in weight loss where you get really busy, like, oh, I'll read a recipe book or like I'll follow more fitness people on Instagram. Oh, I'll watch more TikTok videos about obesity doctors and what they say. And all of that feels like you're doing something, 
and yet it's not achieving any result for yourself, right? What are the result generating activities? It's taking five minutes to plan what you're going to eat for dinner tonight. It is calendaring in your 15 minute walk, right? Those are results generating activities, but we get so busy doing stuff that's fluff. Doesn't lead us anywhere. It just makes us feel productive and it's not productive at all. So coming back to like asking yourself, what is one thing you can do right now to move yourself forward when it's feeling hard? That's going to generate, a, like, that's going to move in the direction of generating results, but taking your hands off of the outcome, because there are so many things that we think we have control over that we don't actually have control over. And body weight is one of those big ones, right? Just as I do not have control over ultimately how many clients we can reach, like how many people say yes to us. I can do all the process, but like I can't control that as much as I'd like to. It's the same thing with trying to lose weight. You cannot control the scale. As much as you can do all the things, at the end of the day, your body's going to decide. And so when you take your hands off of having to manipulate the scale, oh, it's not going fast enough. Oh, this isn't working. I have to get to my goal number. Otherwise, I'm going to feel like a failure, right? Or maybe this shows up as my friend started Ozempic and lost 20 pounds in the first month, and I've only lost five, and then thinking there's this huge problem, right? Because we're super outcome-focused over something we can't control. Instead, bring it back to what is one thing I can do right now? What is one thing that moves me in the direction of my values and my goals and the result that I want to create? Your result-generating activity. So focus more on the process than you do on the outcome. And the last kind of step that I've been taking for myself is I've been reminding myself that it is normal to feel like quitting and then you just keep going. Apply this to whatever you want to apply it to in your life right now, whether it is a relationship that feels really hard, whether it is your weight loss that feels really hard, whether it is your work that feels really hard, whether it's parenting that feels really hard. If your brain is offering that it's time to quit and you want to throw in the towel and you want to just like cry about it, just realize that that's totally normal and then keep going. My brain has been offering me all the thoughts about like, why am I bothering doing this? Why am I running this business? Do I want to keep doing this program for women? This requires so much out of me. Like it requires me to be so uncomfortable, put myself out there all the time, do these podcasts every single week, learn to communicate the tremendous value with, you know, so that what that we're offering women, try to help people help women see who feel like they've failed everything else and actually realize that what we offer is so different, right? Like you can literally change your life in our program but women have internalized failure. It requires me to like learn marketing and learn sales and all these things that are not my skill set. It requires me to pay a huge payroll and manage a team. And all the time my brain has been saying, just like quit, you don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. That's the thing. I don't need to do this. So why am I choosing to do it? And then I come back to what are my values? What is truly important to me? What is my why? My compelling why is that I firmly believe that women need to be empowered to stop the dieting, learn that they can get the treatment and the tools that they need to actually lose weight for good, right? Like we routinely see 15%, 20% weight loss in women. It's life-changing and they keep it off, right? I get emails two years out from clients in my program who've lost the weight and their lives are completely changed and they've applied the coaching strategies. Like everything is different. I come back to that and I remember that is my why. So I feel like quitting, but I'm not going to quit. The other thought I practice is like, I don't quit. It's not an option. And I want to offer that as well to you. You can just make it a non-negotiable that you don't quit and I can figure anything out. Now, 
I have toyed with the idea that there may be some times where it's appropriate to quit or to pivot, like where something is just like not aligned with who you want to be anymore, right? Like if you're, let me give you an example. Like if you're doing a diet and it's not working, well, there is a time to quit doing that. But here's what I'm going to tell you is I would suggest you do not quit when you're feeling low. When you're feeling like how I've been feeling and everything is heavy and raw and you're struggling, that is not the time to quit. You get yourself to a place where your brain is on track again, and then you make a sound decision when, with your wise mind of whether this is something that you want to continue doing or you want to stop doing. That's what I've been telling myself as well as like, hey, if I, qu- if I decide I want to like close down this program, which I'm not doing, by the way, for all of you who are like, oh my gosh, no, I've already like, you know, come around to why this aligns with my life values and goals and why I believe so much in empowering women and helping women. But I have allowed my brain to go there. And what I've decided is I will never quit when it feels hard. If I decide that I'm going to stop doing something or I'm going to change my strategy, I will only do that when I've gotten my, myself through thought work back to a place of sound mind because I don't want to make decisions from an emotional place. And I offer that to you as well. So when you are in an emotional state, not the time to be making major life decisions. All right. We had a coaching call earlier today and I want to share a client win who she was going through something hard. So she said that she listened to my podcast on social anxiety from a couple months ago. And she decided like one of her goals that she shared with us is that she wants to be less invisible. She realized that she has been struggling with hiding for many, many years and she wants to overcome this. And so she decided after listening to my podcast that she would go to a social event, a dinner with a lot of people and put herself out there. And she shared how she had extreme anxiety and fear. Like she's an introvert. She has stayed hidden. This brought up so much anxiety for her, but here were the wins. She went, so she did it. She faced her fear. She allowed the anxiety And in the past, when she got home from that, she would have just eaten everything. She said, I would have eaten, 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 but she didn't. She got home and she just allowed herself to work through the anxiety, to work through the fear that she was experiencing. And I was so proud of her because she chose her hard. It's hard to stay hiding at home, socially isolated and ruminating in your own stories of inadequacy. And it's also hard to put yourself out there, to risk rejection or ridicule and face all of your fears. Both are hard. Which one do you choose? And my client chose to face her fears, to face her hard and put herself out there so that that allows growth, right? One hard doesn't yield growth, but this type of hard, this yields growth. So so proud of her. You get to choose which hard is going to give you the outcome that you're wanting in your life. I had another client a few weeks ago and we coached around her fear of judgment. She had a lot of fear of being judged because of her weight. And that was holding herself back from putting herself out there. She wanted to get a new job. She wasn't going, she wasn't applying. She wasn't going for interviews because she was too afraid to take the risk because she thought she'd be judged for her weight. And so we really worked on allowing fear to be present, acknowledging that that is our brain trying to keep us safe in our comfort zone and not letting it take the wheel. Fear can come for the ride, but it takes the backseat, right? So this is what we're doing inside of Best Weight, right? Like I'm sharing with you how I'm going through hard, but the reality is, is that everyone goes through hard. Everyone goes through different life stressors. And inside Best Weight, it's not just about 
weight loss, right? It's not about calorie counting and tracking your macros to lose weight. It's so much more. It's about learning how to lose weight while you're living your life. How do you lose weight when you're facing stressors and life is hard and you want to throw in the towel and you want to quit? Like you have to learn how this is the skill set that you have to learn, right? We're learning how to face our anxieties, how to face fears, how to put ourselves out there, how to choose your heart so that you can create the life that you want where dieting is left behind you. That's why I love what we do. That is why I'm so proud of Best Weight because it's so much more than just a weight loss program. Now, if you've been on the fence, I'm just going to tell you, this is where you need to be. This is where you need to do your growth so that you can learn the tools, the skill set, and get the medical help that you need to lose weight for good. You don't have to keep dieting again and again every January for the next 20 years. You just don't. This can be the last time. I want to invite you to join us. www.sashahighmd.com. Hope to see you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.